back for another episode of Peology. This is the show where the people in the pews get to weigh in. And we've been in a series, affectionately known as Crackhead Chronicles, talking about the 12 step steps. And we're doing this on Sunday mornings, and we're doing this in the podcast, and we've been talking about each of the steps individually, and today we're talking about step three. Can I read it? Yeah. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Okay. So... What's that even mean? I don't even... What, what does that mean to you guys? I what does mean, that what, mean? I mean, you guys have done at least taken a shot at step three up until this point. It, the first time you did step three, whether you've done it more than once, the first time you did step three, what did you think that meant? Well, for me, it's like one of the first three steps is... They're, they're all theoretical steps. I mean, they're like thinking okay. steps, you know? Yeah, not a lot of action to them. Not, well, it turns out that as we progress in the program, we end up having a lot of action in terms of how our behavior changes because of the, those three steps. So our oh, actions okay. change as a result of those three steps. Right. But the third step, I've heard uh, Russell Brand, the comedian, okay. he's a sober yeah, yeah, guy, yeah. he goes, what does that even mean? I might as well roll my will up into a ball and throw it into a microwave because what does that even mean yeah. to, to give my will over to the care of God as, as we understood him? And from the beginning of doing this step, which is basically you're sitting around with your sponsor and you're reading from the big book and then you say a prayer. That's what marks the third step. Yeah. You get on your knees, which is weird for a Jew, but you get on your knees. Yeah. And but be, before we even get into all of that, all right? Okay. 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 We're moving too quick, right? Yeah, we're doing way too quick. quick. <laughs> See, I mean, because like he's at the like at the third step, right? So right. there's there's a couple of requirements before you actually get to the third step. Okay, what's give me a requirement? Don't say one and two. Prerequisite because if it's one and two, we're gonna smack. Well, it. So like so in how it works, right? Um, this is how uh, my sponsor brought him. He he read how it works, right? Okay. And then at the very last of how it works, it says. At the, like it's a reading, and it says um, our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after made clear three pertinent ideas: a that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives; b that probably no human power. They put probably in there because it's like a sugarcoat word. Okay. We, it's literally that no human power could have relieved our alcoholism, and that c God could and will if we if He were sought. All right, so. Being convinced, that's the requirement, we were at step three, which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understood him. Just what do we mean and just what do we do? The first requirement is that we be convinced that any life, so they're talking about anybody right here, run on self-will can hardly be a success. On that basis, we are almost always in collision with something or somebody. Even though our motives are good, most people try to live by self-propulsion. Each person is like an actor who wants to run the whole show. And like they go on to describe this actor who wants to run the whole show. Like everybody's out there to running their own lives in their own way, right? So okay. are you – I asked each one of my sponsors, are you convinced that everybody to some extent is out for their own? You know, like it's a dog-eat-dog world per se, right? Can, can you agree with me on that? Yeah. And they, everybody's always like, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. So then there's a little bit more. Um, it, it talks about when we um, – I've read it before. It said the selfishness and self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles. 
Right. Driven by a hundred forms of self, uh, uh, fear, self delusion. Let me let me skip that because we've already gone over that. So our troubles we think are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and now they're talking about us. The, and now the alcoholic is an extreme example, extreme example of self will run right. Mm-hmm. All right. Above everything, and I stop right there. I'm like, what does above everything mean? You know, he's like uh, above everything. Mm. <laughs> we have to ask these questions because, um, like they. A lot of uh, times we overlook those things. Above everything, we must be rid of the selfishness. Right. We must or it kills us. Only God can make that possible. Okay. Right? So then um, this is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. Mm. Why? It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, now it goes back to the actor, like we're all actors. Um, in this drama of life, we decided that... Um, God was going to be uh, the director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. Most good I- ideas are simple. This concept was the keystone of the new triumph for ours through which we pass to freedom. Now you can say the way we were going to say. You're on. Right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Too obvious. Yeah. I mean, without those things, it's like, you know, it just... is background. I want to get to some of that background, but go ahead. What, what, what With uh, where you get at the prayer. So what I was saying was that uh, we've done the A, which is. We know we are alcoholic and we can't manage our own lives. So okay. that's, that's like a step one. Yeah. And then B, no human power could relieve us of our alcoholism. That's like a step two. Like, okay, I'm yeah. going to need something more than yeah. than usual here. Yeah. I'm going to need a spiritual solution. All right. I'm, I'm kind something of, of understanding me. that. Something outside of me that's not even a human power. So right. rehabs, medicine, the gym, her, these are all human powers. Well, let me, let's her, hit the pause button there. Because yeah. I, I said this Sunday and I had to really tiptoe through it. Because I, I always like – like tip to yeah, you I had said tip this t- Sunday at the at the at, service at the service yeah. Okay. At the, so let me tell you what was going through my mind, and you tell me how you like. I'm going to give you my thinking. You tell me if I was crazy or if I'm just being too political or whatever, right? Okay. But you want me to judge the pastor? I want you to judge me. <laughs> okay. And my thinking as an insider. Okay. okay. Sure. Sure. You're talking to the right guy. Yeah. I love, I, I love it. I love it. So, but I was thinking this because I I said to myself I, I try to I try to I try to be look. I get the fact that I'm broken. I'm no better than anybody else in that room. I really am not. I don't think of myself as higher or better. But mm-hmm. I was thinking, I have to be careful here because I'm given about 25 minutes to speak, to give a homily, a monologue, uh, you know, a, a, a sermon, right? Which means I get to put together, string together some ideas, and no one gets to interject or ask questions or debate it. And so I have to honor the fact that what I'm saying here has to come from a place of humility because, you know, think about it. If we're sitting in a room, we're having a discussion, Mm -hmm. you may poke some holes in it. Could, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you could yeah. post some holes in my conversation. You yeah, you, to, you could be like, "Hey, but Mike, mic. yeah, you, Mike, you don't, you're not seeing it clearly, right? right?" And so I, I try to approach it from that level of humility. That's the background. To okay, it. but in my mind, I'm like, I wanted to address what you just said, but I, I wanted to be very mindful that there's a lot of recovery people in our church, like a lot. Like our church is full of like recovery people. You right? got all the winners here. I got all the winners, man. I love, I love recovery. <laughs> I love recovery movement. I just love the whole thing. I think, I think. I think that's what the gospel is, right? So so for me, I'm like, I don't want to offend anybody, but I do want to say this, right? So I said it pretty harshly, as harshly as I could say Let's it. Let's hear it. Right? I was like, listen, I know, and I said, I'm speaking just to recovery people right now. I know that some of you are only at a place where you can call your higher power, like the group or like the big book or like uh, your sponsor or like, but I'm like, 
that's not the original intent of the writing. That was harsh. Well, I just because what you just said, I agree with. Right. But I interview a lot of people, not just you guys for this. I've been a lot of the people, and they're like, no, no, no. Like, you got to be really careful because for a lot of people, when they get started, the higher power just is like the group. Like, that's all I can do is just the group. And I'm like, yeah, I understand that. I said, look, I understand if that's where you're at. But remember, that's that's not a power a, a power out of this world. In other words, power. right there, that's right there, you're demoting. Power. Yeah, you're demoting it, right? And you're saying, hey, yeah. that's that's a human power right there. That right. can only take you this far. What you need is the next level. Right. Right. And so, do you think that was? I mean, do you think that was good? Was it bad? Was it too much? What do you? What were you? What would you, tell you How why, would you judge? I'll that? tell you why it's perfect because okay. the people who are just starting off and are using the group as a placeholder yeah. for a higher power, for right. a spiritual higher power, yeah. they won't know any better. So they'll understand. <laughs> you know, they'll be like, you know, okay, and, and the people who have because there's almost there's a natural evolution to this thing and right. how our thinking goes. Right. And in the beginning, we come in, and this is not for everybody because. You know, I'm, my perspective, you've all heard, is the perspective of an atheist coming in. Okay. So for me, I have to have a placeholder like the group. And so right. I said, all right, for now, I'm going to let the group decide what I do all day long. Right. I'm going to let my sponsor decide right. what I do all day long. Until I can have a spiritual experience and begin feeling and believing okay. Okay. that there's something higher. For those people who know that there is something higher. Right. For those people who have had yeah. that experience already and now yeah. get to live with that experience. Right. For those people, they know exactly what you're talking about, too. They know yeah. that for most people or for some people, they'll need the placeholder. Okay. They're not ready yet. Because at the end of the day, and I've said this so many times, I say it to everybody, this 12-step program is a dummy's guide to a spiritual experience. Got and it. at some point in those steps, you're going to start having spiritual experience. I got it. Until you do, yeah. you got to, you know. So basically, like, you're, you view it as, like, from a logical standpoint, a philosophical standpoint, you view it as, like, conceding a point to prove a point. It's like, hey, exactly. I don't need to make, make this point yet. They'll figure this out. Exactly. Right. Okay. Exactly. They'll figure that. That point will come. It's almost like what you're saying right. is is fine for all the ears in there, no matter right. how they understand it. Okay. You know, got no it. Now, that makes sense. That, I, I'm glad you clarified, because I'm like, I was struggling with that. I was like, man, like, it just doesn't make logical sense. To say that you need a higher power and then pick a higher power that's a lower power. <laughs> like, no, like no smarter. So it is it's basically just like a power outside of you that's like not right. you at the beginning, you know? Right. Like, so but, I, but think about it from my – think about it from a, like a theologian standpoint. I'm like, yeah, but if you're picking a power that's still a human power, that's still somebody that's flawed. Yeah. They're going to let you down at some point. For sure. Yeah. The group's going to let you so down. The sponsor's going to let you down. And we all know that. Yeah. And we all know yeah, that. That, that's, that was my mistake, too. Like, <laughs> when when I came in, they were like, oh, just make the group your higher power. I'm like, all right. I, can, I mean, I'll ride with that. And yeah. like, as soon as the group left, I'm like, all right, my group left. I mean, <laughs> back. I'm back to getting high. <laughs> you know, listen, like the pitch, the pitch is like, go ahead, make the group your higher power. Right. But as long as as long as you're telling them, hey, you got to continue to do the steps, you'll know that once they start doing the steps and doing it, in earnest and not right. just the first three, what they call the, the three-step shuffle, which yeah. is the first three. Okay. And then when, hey, you got to put pen to paper, they bail. So, like, the, you know, one, but, one of the main things that, like, have, um like, kept drug addicts out there for so long is because, like, the not understanding God or the not wanting to conform to a certain religion right. or the um the fact that, like, a lot of people have, like, issues that they've like I'm talking about they've had experiences within the church that turned them off totally right to church sure you know like I have I have I work with a guy and then I, he probably will never hear this podcast but he he like literally he wears a shirt that says Jesus
Okay. What? Yeah, he. Yeah, I work with this guy, and we got to edit that part out. That's <laughs> the priest is now not showing up to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I just want you to know that He's that's not, not coming. Happening. So, <laughs> so and and on top of that, like, uh, I, I I mean, I have conversations with this guy all the time. He he tried NA. He tried. I mean, he, like, he smokes weed still, and like, right. um, but the. The fact is that he cannot conform to any type of religion because of the fact that he was molested when he was younger uh, by a priest. Uh, okay. So he's conflating the difference between spirituality with religion. Yes. And and, and, and how religions hurt. Yeah, so like whenever it comes to like uh, turning your will and your life over to the care of God. He's put the two together. God and the yeah, religion. He, he cannot the separate that. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of people. I get it. That's like a lot that. of pain, man. I mean, that's his own journey. And, and some people are not willing to to let that go. Yeah. No, I get it. That's, that he's not the only one that conflates yeah. religion with spirituality that's, or God with that's exactly with why program. Um, that's and that, exactly that would be me all, as well too for the first twenty years of walking. That's into why we approach it as um, as you understand God. It doesn't have to. Yeah, be, but did you feel like, from a personal standpoint, that you did that? Okay, number one, I get it. I think there was an honesty to that. Like, hey, I'm struggling with like the idea of God. Like, I'm just, I'm I yeah, just, on an intellectual to, level. I, I, intellectual, I default to agnosticism at best. Yep. But do you think part of it too was just stubbornness of like, like if I finally surrender to this, I might have to deal with this, and this is a good excuse to keep going back a little bit, like you know, a, a given uh, in. Uh, there, there may be a little bit of that. Not I might have to give in. If I finally give into this, I'll be the same idiot that these people are. Oh, uh, like you know I'd what I mean? Lumped in with that I'd be lumped group in with this group. Need. Yeah, well, people who need people who who believe in this silly man in yeah, the like sky. They're weak, they're weak in some way. Definitely, you, were, thought, you thought that, yourself as strong. Like the pride was holding you like, back. Absolutely. <laughs> He's like, I don't need a sky daddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> the pride of you know, you know, honestly, sky if, daddy. if you and I. I met on the street one day, this is, let's say, five years ago, 10 okay. years ago, 20 okay. years ago, right? Especially on the streets of New York. If you yeah. would have met me on the street of New York and you would have said to me, oh, man, I just had this incredible spiritual experience. God is so good. Yeah. I would have been like, I would have, because I'm a nice guy. Yeah. I would have nodded and I went like, that's awesome, man. And then as you turned around and walked away, I would have been like, what an idiot. Boy, you know? What <laughs> an idiot. No, no, you guys got to talk to this guy that I met today. Let's bring him to, to dinner just so you guys can hear how... How it, how to, how much of an idiot he is. So yeah. so uh, I had no respect really yeah. because I never had an experience that would qualify me to understand what's going on. Yeah, you know. And if I'm not feeling something, if I'm not understanding something, I'm pretty ignorant, and I just you know I don't believe yeah. in that thing. And um, and to go back to the third step, well, we were talking about uh, coming to believe. So it, part B of of what Axel was talking about, um, no human power could relieve us. So once right. we were like, okay. I understand that I'm going to need something outside of myself, whether it be the group or eventually a spiritual experience. Because okay. they started pitching to me hard spiritual experience. You need a yeah. spiritual experience. I started looking at that like, okay, you know what? Maybe I do need a spiritual experience. I'm open now and I'm yeah. willing. Then the next step is God could and would if he were sought. And that relates to step three, which has turned our will and our lives over to the care of God. Right. And when you're doing this with a sponsor, you're reading what Axel read. And then you get up to a prayer. And uh, your, your sponsor, and I just did this... Uh, two weeks ago. So before before we actually say the prayer, like there's some promises that they like they give you. There's some promises right here that like actually kind of sell you on this, right? And I okay. have, I mean, they're they're I I drive home to my sponsors all the time because of the fact that like if I don't believe this to the core in my core self, then I'm like I'm not making a sincere third step, right? Okay. So like when we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer, so I didn't work for MPSG. Right. I don't work for that for the tattoo company or anything like right. that. I work for God. Yeah. That is my new employer. Yeah. Being all powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. 
established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing, interested in seeing what we can contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of His presence, we began lose. We began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. And then we say, God, I offer myself to thee, right? I I, I put it in layman's terms, right? Mm-hmm. God, I offer, I offer myself to you to build with me and to do with me as you want. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. And then I say, we have to say this. But before we say this, can we dissect this prayer, right? So you're walking into your boss's office and you're saying, all right, you're getting on your knees. God, I'm offering myself to you, all of me, right? What's this got to do with your boss's office? Because God is going to be my employer. Oh, okay, so God, in this case, God is your boss. You're walking, God, you're going God, in front yes. of God. The, yeah. Of course, gotcha, okay, because okay. we're right, turning sorry. our will and our life over to God. Sorry, I right? took you a little literally. God, God. Yeah, <laughs> I am taking it literally because it, that, that's promised. Like, God is my employer, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, the thing that pops into my mind, um, so how do you, like, how do you decide, because I agree with you, right? I, I, I love, I love, I've been listening to, like, speeches on the third step and other people's interpretation of third step. I listen to Russell Brand's thing on the third step. I'm just. It's, it's once you come, you crossed off all the things on the list that didn't work. But let's back up. Like, for me, and remember, I'm looking at it through the lens Yes, I've sat in the rooms. Yes, I've been to Al-Anon. Yes, I've done some of the step work. But, like, I'm looking at it through the lens of a theologian, right? So I'm looking at it through the lens of, like, a a Bible guy. And I'm like, what would make – like, I feel like one of the prerequisites of the third step is that you have some sense that there's this God, this creator outside of you that is willing to – that obviously has – a some sort of plan or will or like desire or or some sort of character qualities that he has possesses so like if we think like i, I don't know how to do, i don't like give a speech or anything but if we think like that we should be loving versus being hateful like, like we think there's something mm-hmm. in us like in our conscious that just says we should be loving or kind versus racist right mm-hmm. like if that's there and it's innate in us and it comes from you know, our created order of things, then it would also say to me, like, okay, then we're responsible for the things that we've done. We're responsible. We're individuals that have been given free will. We're responsible for some level. We're going to have to answer to this creator at some level. And so if I'm going back to him now, right, I would be thinking to myself, one of the prerequisites to step three is that I believe in the core of my being that this guy has some level of mercy on me. Like, like that, that he's going to hear this prayer at the end of step three. You know what I'm saying? That he's going to be like, what? I, I guess what my question is, what convinced you that he wasn't like, who the frick are you after all you've done to talk to me? It's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. But you know what I'm saying? Because that's it's almost like that's there. It's just assumed that that this there's a gracious God out there. Yeah. Right? You said, is there a prerequisite of a loving God, basically, is what you're asking. Yeah. You know, is there a prerequisite that cares about us and yeah. wants... Or is that just assumed in the program? I mean, uh, there is a lot of people that is, uh, that are assumed, but whenever uh, there's people who have those those issues who had um, thought that God is like punishing God, we just say, all right, let's just look at it through a new lens. All right, 
all the God, the God that you have to conform to here is just whatever you like, whatever concept you can come up that just is loving. You know, it's a loving power greater than you. If you can jive with that. Okay. So, okay, but hold on. So, so when you did the third set for the first time, did that ever come up? Like that idea that like, hey, this, the God of, of, of your knowledge, the God of what you know, right? Is that assumed in the third step that the God of what you know has some mercy on you? Well, let me just start by saying that when I did the third step with yeah. my sponsor and I got on my knees and I said that prayer, yeah. you know what happened immediately after? Nothing. Nothing. Right. I said some words. I didn't quite understand what the third step was asking of me. Okay. And so now I'm you know, going back to the drawing board of, okay, now what? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's like the two frogs on a log. One decides to jump. How many frogs are on the log? One, two, because one just decided he didn't jump. <laughs> right. And no, I, yeah. And you know, besides that's great. Besides, that's a great freaking start. Oh my god! You just decided. All right. Like yeah. I'm I like, can't believe I like bought the, that too. The frog is sitting on the log. He's like, I'm gonna jump. That's basically the third step, right? Yeah, okay. That's why I said it's a prerequisite to the fourth step because fourth step is when we actually get into uh, some action. An right? Action. An yeah. Action. Yeah. But but I'm saying it but that in my mind, right? Like in my mind, the fact that you're gonna pray says that you're assuming there's this there's this deity, there's this there's this being beyond you that has some level of like mercy. And I don't know how much of that is innate and how much of I that think it is, is from learning in our world that God is supposed to be loving and is supposed to be merciful. That it's supposed to be these yeah. things that we've learned throughout our well, lives, that's why whether says, consciously or unconsciously. Because, but you just assumed it but at I, some level. I, you know, as soon as I began having a spiritual experience and truly believing in God, yeah. I, I really did assume yeah. that. I just figured that. Yeah. But but if we take it back even further, forget about any kind of judgment that God makes on us, okay. whether he's merciful or not. For me today, in in getting to practice the third step more and more in my life, because mm-hmm. it's a practice. It's a practice to give your will up. Yeah. You know, some days you're good at it and some days you're terrible at it. Yeah. Uh, but in the practice of it, I think ultimately I'm not thinking to myself that God wants me to do this or God wants me to do that. You begin to understand that everything in the world is exactly the way it's supposed to be. Guy got hit mm-hmm. by a car today. That's exactly the way it was supposed to be. Okay. I win a million dollars. Hopefully, that's exactly the way <laughs> it's supposed to be. And when we're at peace, that everything is okay in the world because God is running the show, literally running the show, then you're relieved of a bondage of having any role to play other than whatever is happening to you. Mm. The only philosophical issue I get with the whole third step right. is self-will. Because if God has a plan, and and everything we're doing at all times is God's plan. Right. Then what exactly is my self? Where does my self will fit in all of that? Right. Is that I don't know if no. you if if that's totally something that you trip on, but that's something that I trip on occasionally. Yeah. But fortunately, there is this third step, which means I'm not in control. I've been demoted. Excuse me. I've been promoted from the manager of the of the restaurant. To the dishwasher. Okay. I'm promoted yeah. to the dishwasher, okay. which means I have very few responsibilities in the world and God is going to take care of most things. I love that idea. And the thing is about the third step, what I've learned, the best thing that I've learned from it is that the less Avi there is in the world, like the less I inflict my will in this world and I just let go and let things happen, not only is it better for the world right. that there's less Avi inflicting his will, <laughs> it's also better for Avi. Yeah. And all the people that love Avi. Yeah. 
everything gets better in my life when I let go and not try to inflict my will in everything. And, and so how does that translate into like a practical sense? You know, one example I always give is my wife is the Chipotle Karen. She's the Chipotle Karen. You know what a Karen is, right? I know what a Karen you know what, is, but I don't know what Chipotle Karen is. I'll tell you what Chipotle Karen is. Okay. Chipotle Karen advice. walks in and she looks and there's no fajita vegetables at that moment. Okay. And she's looking at the workers and none of them are working on fajita vegetables. They're talking. One is texting right. in the corner. And she's making some statements. <laughs> and so she is absolutely, ab- it's, she's in- indignant. She's just lost it. You okay. Know? She's lost it. Now, I used to be a Chipotle Karen too. Yeah. If they were missing, I mean, they only have 10 items there. So if they're missing one, that's like, you know, a huge- Get on right, it. Right, Let's on go, it, right, right, right. You guys only have 10 things. What are you things. doing? You become the manager. I go crazy. Right. I go crazy about it. Okay. You know? And I guess it's it's such a, you know, it's such a superficial example. Because it's all about you. It's all about me. And we're not even aware that we're doing this. I would walk in Chipotle and be like, you guys don't have fajita vegetables. That's the crazy part about Karens, right, is they never know they're the Karen until somebody's saying it out loud. They're completely (laughs) unaware of it. And even when you're telling them, hey, you're the Karen, they'll fight it. They'll continue to fight it. Oh, like the Karen from Esparta. (laughs) <laughs> well, then I, I triggered that Karen. But, but uh, when I got kicked out of a sport, uh, I, I was more like the Karen been that day. You kicked out of a gym? I got kicked out of a sport permanently. I've been permanently banned banned from, from a sport. From a LA Fitness, yeah. <laughs> Two? Two? Well, they're the same gym. They're oh, the they're same connected. gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're the same gym. Yeah. Wow. I was, uh, I'm like, what? That's wrong. I was definitely not practicing third step on that day. On that day. Yeah. Yeah. On that that's day. why. That's why we we break down this prayer. Like we ask God to relieve me from the bondage of self. So this is separations from from me and self, right? Yeah, I'm enslaved to myself, and even though I don't know it, like that's what you're saying. You you, know, you don't know that you're a slave to your selfishness. But that's a man. You bring up an interesting thing because really the third step then is you're saying two things. You're saying, okay, number one. I recognize that my own selfishness, because one at step one and two and three, when put together, I recognize that my own selfishness is my core problem. That there's yeah. something in me that's broken. I don't like the word selfishness. I'm going to say self-centeredness. Because I'll give you the shirt okay. off my back. Yeah. So that makes me not selfish. I know, but, you, that, but self-centeredness yeah. means everything is kind of about me in, right. in this world, right. in my world. Absolutely. Because you can give the shirt off your back, but that could also be a step of manipulation. Just because yeah, you yeah. do something nice doesn't Even mean you're not selfish. Even though our motives are good. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Even yeah. though our motives are good. Are good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so self-centeredness is your problem. And then when you get to step three, you're basically saying, I'm going to take me off the throne of my existence because my self, self-centeredness is the problem, yeah. right? And I'm going to put a power outside of me. Right. And I'm a the bad creator on the too. throne. I'm, yeah. I'm a bad driver. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've shown that, that throughout my life that, that I'm a step. bad driver. Now, I have a question for you. If yeah. you were a, as a pastor, yeah. right? Meaning, like, you're probably closer to God than a lot of people. Okay. Right? And so, well, anyway, you're a theologian. You think about this. <laughs> I stuff, do. You I know? think you about think it. the philosophies yeah, and what they mean. So, if I asked you, Pastor Mike, how do you, or what does it mean for you on a practical basis? What does it mean for you to turn your will over to the care of God? When you're making God in charge, what does that mean on a practical basis? Yeah, that's a great question. So I was thinking about that leading up to this because I think that hits at the very heart of what third step is, right? I come off the throne. For me, practically speaking, God goes onto the throne. And for me, that for me, that God is described. I believe that God is articulated 
in his most fullest form in the God of the Bible, Old Testament New. You know what I'm saying? This, the, the God of the Torah, the God of, of the Bible. And so I'm trying to then say, I believe that the character qualities that I see exposed in the scripture about who God is, I want to follow those qualities as my new standard. Because I could pick other standards, old standards, other ideas, other philosophies, other everything, right? Right. But for me, that's me being on the throne. I just accept that even though when I don't understand it fully, I'm like, I'm going to do it this, how he tells me to do it. I'm going to do it because I believe he's a better, like, manager, manager, restaurant owner, playwright, whatever we, whatever illustration we want to use, right? Director. He's better at it than I can be. Right. And so I'm going to surrender to that. Like a Like a... Philosophical, it's like when and we intellectual. Get baptized. What would Jesus do? Bracelet in your mind, in my mind. So always, always with I'm just that default to that. As, now listen, as your north star. But I, I, I do that with a little caveat. I do that with a caveat, which is, I believe that that self-centeredness and that problem at our core is so bad that I have, to, and I think this is where step four and step five and step six come in. I have to constantly do an evaluation of my motives. Because if left to my own devices without any sense of accountability, I'm always in groups. I'm having these discussions. I'm having people feedback in my life what they've seen. Like, hey, like, I don't know, Mike. Right? So I believe I have to check my motives all the time because I believe if left to myself, I will figure out a way to read the Bible in a way that I want to read it. Yeah. Right. That makes the God that I want on the throne, on the throne, not the God who is. Right. Does that make sense? Totally. I make my own God. Which 100%. Means, which means I may have come off the throne, but then I created the God I wanted to be on the throne. Right. That's right. <laughs> Does that make well, sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. What, we say all, what we say is four through nine all the time. And the four through okay. nine part of the program is the checking ourselves and inventorying yeah. ourselves and finding yeah. out are we... Are we doing a good step three? Yeah. If we're doing four through nine all the did time. Did you notice we'll how, answers. like, when we did the prayer, there, there wasn't an amen? Well, yeah. just because we didn't say amen. No, because it doesn't say amen in here. Does it ever say amen? No. Literally after? No, not until we're done with six and seven. Mm. There's no amen. There's a, then it says next, like immediately after. That's what next means. Like when you're standing in the grocery line, when the, when the person says next, what do you do? Do you wait two weeks? No. Do you wait for another experience of like no, when you're going to? Yeah. You get after it. Next, we launched. What does launched mean? Took off. All right. Out on a vigorous course of action. What does vigorous mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What does action mean? <laughs> and you okay. start on, the, on the first step of which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us never attempted, though our decision was a vital. What does vital mean? Important. And crucial step. It, ha- it, would, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by the strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which have been blocking us. Liquor was only but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. He's going into the fourth step now. You know, yeah, in the, in the Old Testament, um, in our Old Testament, you know, goes beyond the Torah, we have, this, we have this book called the Book of Judges, right? And it tells the history of... Um, of the Hebrews when they come back into the land after Egyptian bondage. And so they come back in, they possess this land. They don't yet have a like a, a civic system set up where there's like a king yet. So we don't have David yet. We don't have Solomon. We don't have any of that, right? None of that Jewish history is there. It's, it's pre that. So God originally, originally it was, it was set up kind of like a theocracy. Hey, there is no leader. We all just serve God. There are these 10 commandments. This is all that we have. This is our rule. This is it, right? But what was happening is because there was no like 
physical earthly leader, like no king, like no other, authority. Yeah, no authority. No single authority. There's this little passage in, in Judges that says, um, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Mm. And it's like this, it's like dun, dun, dun. You hear the music? Right, right, right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the culture is descending in disaster because if you leave everybody to do what's right, how they think, right? Yep. Without the work you're talking about in four through nine, right? Yep. You, you're going to have everybody. That's where, that's where, that's where all religions go wrong, right? That's where, that's where every time you see a documentary on a bad religious leader, it's always a guy who at some level has no accountability and interprets whatever text, whether it's Buddhist yeah. or Christian or Jewish or whatever text in some crazy psycho way that ends up like, no I get clear... to sleep with all the women and take all the money. There's no real... <laughs> it's always the same. It always ends up that exactly, way. Exactly, right? Yeah. It's always something bizarre, right? right. And so I just think that – I think that that just – it reminds me of that, that this step is I'm coming off the throne. I don't get to decide. Because when I walk into Chipotle and yeah. those fajita vegetables aren't there – yeah. In my mind, that's a righteous cause. Yeah. A righteous cause. Yeah. You know, you're gonna like, march like down we can, OBT. Be, we can be abolitionists yeah. or you know, we can we can help women's suffrage yes. and we can Deal with fight to fajitas. make sure that the fajita vegetables are right. in Chipotle. Right, 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 so right. when I walk in the door and it's not there, yeah. I feel like I need to But you uh, only do that when you're still you at this place in life where you think it's all about you. Very much so, which is why I'm making the distinction. Yeah. The Chipotle story is my wife. Yeah. Okay? Now in the old not days me, I would at, never yeah, I can say who my wife is, but in the old days I'd walk in with my wife and I'd be like, damn straight they should yeah. have Chipotle. Let's let's, you know, talk to the manager and da 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 and yeah. you know, make a big stink. And then to Today, in practicing the third step, I think when there's no fajita vegetables, I still get ticked off. I'm like, man, I came all over here when there's no fajita vegetables. That was going to really screw up my bowl. Yeah. However, the first thing that pops in my mind when things don't go my way is something my sponsor once told me when he sent me to do an amends, right? He told me, uh, hey, listen, you're going to talk to your uncle and you're going to do this amends and things are either going to go your way or they're not. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, that's okay too. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And so if I walk into Chipotle and there's no fajita vegetables, that's okay too. That's in a strange, very superficial way. That's God's will right there. That's mm -hmm. God. So I can sit there and fight it and I can sit there and swim upstream. It's like you're embracing the idea. I, I, it, it, you, what you said earlier about the way the world works makes me super uncomfortable, but I get what you're saying because you're really saying I'm becoming comfortable that even when things don't go right in the world, that – even if I don't understand why they're wrong, I accept it. That is so money yeah, right there. I that is it. such a that was a big philosophical step for yeah. me to take. Yeah. Because me, I come from the heavyweight champions of wanting to control everything right. and making everything go my way. You know how um uh, how my sponsor uh, you know how he he said exactly the same thing, but in a different way. He said, you know, your employer doesn't owe you a thing if you don't work. Mm. So like if you don't work towards him, he's like, what is he gonna? I was like, and on, honestly, God doesn't owe you anything. Right. He's like, so it's either like whether you take this step or not, and God, God's gonna provide what you need, right? If you want to believe that, I'm like, all right, yeah. I mean, like I hold on to it so hard because I'm like, yeah, that is that is a promise. God's gonna. I don't know what I need. You know, I sometimes believe I know what I need. Like I, I need a million dollars. Yeah, you, you know? think you need a million. Yeah, dollars. I think I need a million dollars. I think I need a better job. I think I need this, or I think I need a better car. Or I think I need a better girl. I think I need a whole bunch of different things. 
But when when we t- when we take that step and we say, all right, God doesn't owe me, owe me anything. All right, I'm humbling myself and saying, all right, all right, you can have. I'm offering myself to you. Like when I first said it, I said it in in a, in a tone of like, like I, I was sincere, but I was also like kind of in a way like I didn't want to do it. Mm. Like I. Still to this day, I'm like I still like my biggest problem. Because I think you, I mean, do you think at that moment the reason you didn't want to do it though is because you were really thinking through the ramifications of like, okay, if I actually do this, I'm saying these words. Do they mean anything? It was no, like I never had a problem in believing in God. No, but I'm saying I, I had a, a difference between like I had a problem like the frogs with, on the log. There's a difference yeah. between saying I believe and another saying I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make uh, yeah. you like the leader because of my life. Uh, like it was a black and white. I'm either all in or I'm not. Yeah, yeah. So like, and um, well, the train of thought what was I saying? Um, damn, I lost my train of thought. Well, I'm just I, – I stopped you at that point where you were saying like, hey, I, you know, I was almost like I don't want to do it. Like I don't want to yeah, say I, this to God. I, I didn't want to do it, but I, I knew this was the only way. I'm like, man, like how bad is the uh, the, the bitterness of my intolerable situation versus like, oh, when I, when I replayed uh, uh, the, my, my experience, I'm like, people were going to kill you because – they didn't want you in the hood anymore. Like your mom and your everybody. I'm like everything you've tried doesn't work. You know, even like, like there's people with shallower bottoms. You know, they didn't have to go to the extent. But I'm like, I didn't. I, I still to this day have a problem with um not wanting to be God, not being God. Like I never had a problem with believing in God. I had a problem with uh wanting to be God. Right. Like I want to be God in my life. I want to do this. I want this to happen. Like, what what happens? You know that's it. you know that's the first sin, right? What that? What's what? Sorry. So I mean, think of God. Yeah, that's the first sin. Yeah, think about it. And that's what's the, the first sin of the Torah? Is right? that pride? Yeah, the first sin in the in the in the Genesis account in Torah is you got you got this personification of evil that comes in the garden as as a snake and says to the woman, um, "God told you you couldn't eat from that tree." Couldn't eat. No, he says, God told you couldn't eat from any of the trees. And he's like, that seems crazy, right? And she says, no, we can't eat from this tree. And he says, yeah, but that's because if you eat from that tree, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, which is basically saying what? You'll be God. You'll be like God, yeah. right? Oh, wow. To which like for her, her first sin is, I want to be God. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. And in this Apollo Karen thing, it's like, <laughs> I am God. I am, yeah. like, yeah. What is wrong get with you? Right, 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 right. Vegetables out here. That's like, right. Don't yeah. cut me off in traffic. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They, that's like one, one of the things, too, is like when, whenever I'm driving, I'm like, people, I'm like, this guy is going to just cut me off like that. Oh, man, I'm going to get him. I'm going to go around and cut him off, you know? You know, that one of the biggest components, I think, to a working third step. So when we're practicing the third step, there's a story later on in the book. The book is made up of stories after the first 164 page of instruction. And in one of those stories is probably going to become canon. You know, they're going to keep that in every edition because it's so well written. And in this story, and it's on page 417, the person who writes it talks about acceptance being the answer to all of our problems. And when we're disturbed, it's because... We find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of our lives unacceptable to us, and we can't find any serenity until we learn to accept that person, place, thing, or situation as exactly the way it's supposed to be at this very moment. Because nothing happens 
in God's world by accident, nothing. Right. And so it's there's like a, a little Buddhist element to all yeah. of that of just letting go and knowing that everything is happening exactly the way it's supposed to happen. So sit back and accept it. Yeah. And in, in my view, that's a, a true freedom from bondage right there is to accept things the way they are. Right. Truly, I mean, look, I'm kind of talking shit, excuse yeah. me, but I'm kind of talking shit because if today, you know, God forbid, if my son was diagnosed with a terminal illness, you know, God forbid anything like that happens. It would be very ex- hard to accept that as God's will. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if we're practicing this step and we become spiritual giants, mm-hmm. you know, if we're, if we're progressing mm-hmm. with our spirituality and looking at spirituality as a thing that we get better at yeah. and stronger at, then I think ultimately we're detached from a whole lot of desire in this world. Mm. And we're detached from a whole lot of want and a whole lot of need. And our we sh- accept things exactly. Our bottles as become shallower and shallower. I, I, so New Testament theologian, like, so the, the apostle Paul would say it slightly differently, but it's interesting what you say. He would add this caveat to it because I didn't want to bring that up either. Like I was thinking the whole time when you were talking earlier, I was like, well, that's a heavy statement. I said, I said, I, I don't know if you'd have the guts to say that to a kid with like, you know, ALS or something, you know? Right, right. But I think he, he, he caveats it just a little bit when he, because he presents the idea that the world is not the way it should be. It's not the way it was meant to be. Meaning that he, he pre- presents the idea that really what's happened is God created the world through our own human free will that he gifted us. You know, sin has basically or you know, has come into the world and it's deformed everything, including our souls, including the world, right? And so, slightly different take on it, meaning that. But here's where the the two come together, like the two ideas come together. He's like, but God's still in control of everything, which means even the evil that we ourselves chose, or that's come in by others, or connected in systems, or whatever, He's still working that all out for our good, which means the acceptance doesn't change. Right, I've got to look at the world I'm in, and I've got to go whether or not he planned it exactly this way, or whether or not he's orchestrating it for the good of everything and everyone in his glory. Right, in the end, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. I've got to accept the fact that I'm. This is where I'm at. This is my moment, and all I can do, I can't change these moments. All I can do in these moments is go. Okay, I realize my place. He's on the throne. I'm not, and he's given me my little dishwashing task, and that's all I can do today. Sure. If you would have told me something like that 10 years ago, I would have used that very same thing as an argument against God wholesale. I would have said, if your God is all loving and yet there's suffering in the world, one of those things, that's a paradox that can't, yeah. that can't be reconciled, yeah. you know? And, and today, as a person who tries to practice the third step, but feel spirituality, I feel spirituality. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. conscious contact with God. It's the latter of what you said, which is the world is ultimately a good place or his plan is a good plan no matter what suffering there is that we can't possibly understand how it fits in the gargantuan universe that he creates and controls. Yeah, I agree. I I agree. That's the way. That's the way. So like if I'm sitting in front of a person like the illustration you get it and and I'm talking to someone that's got cancer, Uh like I was on, I was text messaging with a guy last night that's got stage four cancer. And, um, and we're talking and it's the, I think that, that, I think that, that extra bit about the world helps create a context where you go, okay, I don't know if this was chosen for me to have cancer, or I don't know if this is the result of something that's beyond me, 
are the results of my own whatever. Who the hell knows, right? I don't think we're going to know. I think we're promised to know, right? But I know this, that it wouldn't matter. In any of the scenarios that you can create, um, the outcomes are outside of my control. That's we're what out I, of the outcome yeah. business. That's it. Because we're not in charge. Yeah. We're not in charge. And guess what? I, I'm not sure like the, the between the philosophers and the theologians and the logicians and the historians how they work it all out. Because they can work it out a thousand different ways in, in, in philosophy and stuff. At the end of the day, all those philosophies end with this. We're not in charge. Right. And we don't really know. Yeah. Right. You know what? Our only place is to come to a place of acceptance of our of our very frail, you know, finite you know, glimpse, blip on the, blip. On the, you know, the history, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And, and do the best of what we got. And right. That's why my, my third step has evolved to as I experience God, not as I understand, because who am I to understand God? Like I. Okay. So wait a minute. Hold on. I just want, we can, we can end on this because we've got to wrap it up. Are you telling me that you've changed the third step now? No, 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 It's evolved for me. For it's grown I mean, for you. It went from understanding because I, I can't be the one to, to understand God. I'm, right. Who am I? I mean, like, yeah. you know, all my experiences show, I don't know anything. So I changed that, that, that feeling of like, I feel God, you know, I had those effects. Right. So I changed it to I turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I experience God. Mm. I like that a lot. And mm. I'll tell you that from the perspective of me beginning to learn Judaism, it is such a difficult religion. It's very inaccessible. It's not so simple and easy. It's, mm. it's, it's deeper meanings and it's, mm -hmm. it's it's old and it's a lot mm. of work. And um, one thing that they pitch when I talk to the rabbi is like, there's an infiniteness to God that we could never understand. Like this universe is so beyond our understanding. Yeah. All we can do really, in my opinion, and I love that you said experience, is experience things. We have a really hard time understanding the whole picture for sure we'll never understand, but God himself. It's a lot easier. Though. So it's better to just have a relationship and a feeling with God, in my opinion, than it is to try to parse and dissect and figure out these philosophical arguments. All they do for me is get me in trouble. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I get I get it. They can become a stumbling block because, like I said, I think we both agree on this. All of them end with, you, can end, you could go down a rabbit trail on all of these things, right? Yep. But they all end in a certain, like inability on our part to ever fully grasp Especially it. me because right. what I've learned from the third step is... I'm an idiot, you know? Like, what I'm learning is how... Like who am I to think I'd figure it out? Right, exactly. Like, in the old... Like how narcissistic am I? Yes. That I like, can figure it out? When I'm anti-third step and I'm in self, I think that I can understand everything and mankind will figure it all yeah. out and we'll know everything yeah. very soon. The, phys the yeah. philosophical... Philosophical... Yeah. The, the philo... Philosophical. Yeah. Excuse me. And the physicists yeah. and the scientists, it'll they'll all figure it all... Together. It'll all come together very, very soon. And now what I understand is... That, that that's such happen. a great word you we're so finite yeah we're such a blip yeah how insignificant we truly are yeah but how freeing it is to be an insignificant part of god's yeah. universe is actually inspiring but we'll never know much and so if i'm staying in my lane truly if i'm truly practicing a third step i'm getting out of the business of trying to understand deeper philosophical meaning and i'm just living with my relationship with god and doing the best i can to figure out what his will is. I love it. You know, And I'm happier that way. That's as far as we can go for today. Uh, that was heavy. Uh, for a step that usually, even as you've said, is usually like, boom, boom, on to the next step. I thought we did pretty good. Yeah. 
That was a rock. That was that was rocking. All right. Awesome. You guys are awesome. Thank Love you. It. Mean it. See you. Peace. Yo.